rich history, well-preserved architecture, and a great deal of Southern hospitality. This is episode 22 of The Family Vacationer, and today we're talking about beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. Welcome to The Family Vacationer with Rob and Danny, Danny. the go-to podcast for families on the move. Welcome, friends. I'm Rob. And I'm Danny, and this is The Family Vacationer, episode 22. Friends, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. We'd love for you all to come with us on this journey. Right now, we're in the middle of what we're calling our domestic travel series. We understand that traveling great distances right now is problematic for a ton of reasons. So what we're doing is covering places that would make a good road trip. And this week, we look at one of the most beautiful cities in the country, Charleston, South Carolina. Now, the city was founded in 1670 as Charlestown, as a little nod to King Charles II of England. (laughs) Now, that settlement was actually abandoned in 1680 for the current site, and it quickly became one of the five largest cities in North America within 10 years. Now, this southern port city has played an important part in the creation and struggles of the United States. And in 2016, the city was voted the best city in the world by Travel Leisure Magazine. Lofty praise indeed. That's right. So what makes this town the best city in the world? To answer that question, we've welcomed Ike High. He's the travel industry sales manager for Explorer Charleston. Ike's a South Carolina native and received a degree in hotel, restaurant, and tourism management from the University of South Carolina. Shortly thereafter, Ike began working for Explorer Charleston in golf sales and has since moved to the travel industry and international markets. Ike says he loves living in the world's number one city with his wife and three daughters and can't imagine living or working anywhere else. Welcome to the show, Ike. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming on. So, you know, first of all, we've mentioned it several times already, but that 2016 designation from Travel Leisure as the world's best city set the bar pretty high. So in your mind, what makes Charleston the world's best city and why should families pick Charleston for a vacation? You know, I think it's a pretty simple answer and it's probably not an answer that that a lot of people would, would think of off the top of their heads because Charleston does have so many great attributes and get so many accolades. But the one thing that I tell people, and I think a lot of other people in the tourism industry here will tell you, is the people in Charleston. Mm-hmm. People in Charleston are, are so hospitable. I think a lot of places you go, you know, you feel as, as sometimes as a visitor, you're not really welcomed by the people that live there. Mm-hmm. So that's not everywhere, but some places. And I think in Charleston, you'll you'll find that People want you to enjoy the city as much as they do. We all love living in Charleston. I'm not a, a native of Charleston myself, but I've been here for about 13 years and grew up coming here. Coming here. And the, the people here are so hospitable. They're so welcoming. And what we live in every day, we, we want you to, to appreciate that. We want you to experience that. So I, I think that is the number one reason that the people should visit Charleston. You know, when you walk down the street as a visitor, you're going to get a, hey, how are you doing from some of the locals, a lot of the locals. And it's yeah. just a welcoming feeling that makes you honestly not want to leave when you get here. And that you're right. That's not true everywhere you go. And you expect that as a traveler when you're when you're on the yeah. road somewhere and you're, you're going to a tourist destination. You would think that everyone would be friendly, but that's not always the case. But Charleston definitely, definitely has a good deal of Southern hospitality. Yeah. You know, Charleston is rich in history. I know when I was younger, I spent some time at Patriots Point. I spent the night on the USS Yorktown when I was in Boy Scouts. That was a little scary for a kid being on a big uh, ship like that, but we enjoyed it. But from being an early settlement coming forward, where Charleston is a historic town, 
Can you speak to some of that history? You know, what landmarks should families definitely see when they come to town? Yeah, yeah. So Charleston is, history is very important to Charleston. We live it in every day. We do a wonderful job of preserving that history. And then educational light, we know it, it makes us something special. It's something that we, we enjoy every day living here. And it's actually the number one reason people visit Charleston. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're careful to present that history in a, in a light that makes everything educational. Sure. And I think without the preservation that we offer here in Charleston, you would not feel as close to the history or visitors would not feel as close to the history as we do. You know, we have a lot of great forts that were that were used in several different wars. The first one being Fort Moultrie out on Sullivan's Island was a huge part of the Revolutionary War. Yeah, uh, Fort Sumter, very close to Fort Moultrie, was a huge part of the the war between the states. We have several antebellum plantations, such as uh, Middleton Place, Boone Hall. Great educational experiences. We have six wonderful museum homes in the downtown historic district of Charleston. You can visit every one of them, all of them built in the 17 and 1800s. One of them is actually still lived in by the owner, which is the Calhoun Mansion. And one thing that I tell people that they don't think about a lot is really just just walk downtown and get lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to remember some amazing architecture. We we do a very good job here, again, of preserving not only old, you know, old office buildings and things like that, but houses that people still live in, there's very strict standards about what they can do to the exterior of the houses. Our, com- our commission that's in charge of that just does an amazing job of make- making sure that the original attributes of the house are preserved in the manner in which they should be. So one of the things that I, I tell travel advisors all over the place whenever I talk to them, I say walk downtown, especially south of Broad Street, and just tell your clients to get lost. And you're really going to discover some amazing architecture, beautiful ambiance, beautiful gardens, just really a, an amazing uh, amount of ambiance in that area. My son had a fit over the pineapple fountain, that's what he called it. Yeah, yeah. So the pineapple is actually, you know, a huge symbol of Charleston. And for those that are not familiar, the pineapple is a symbol of hospitality and friendship. So it's what we use here in Charleston to, to let everybody know that they're, they're welcome here. And we want them to come visit and stay as long as they want. You were talking about the history. We did a ghost tour in Charleston one time. And it's just a fun way to get a lot of history there. What do you think about the ghost tours? So the ghost tours are amazing. We have a lot of companies in the downtown historic district that do them. But, you know, I think that yeah. walking through a, a graveyard or a cemetery with, you know, the live overhanging oak trees with the yeah. Spanish moss coming down Absolutely. really sets the, the mood for the spookiness or, or what have you. And you, you know, we... We have great, great tour guides here in Charleston that are accredited, and um, so they they really know what they're talking about. They're they're factual. Yeah. They it's the, everybody knows when you take a tour, it's the delivery by the person giving the tour. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's how they talk to you, and um, you know a lot of them are native Charlestonians who mm-hmm. who live in this history, as I said, and they they really they love it. It's not just a job for them, but it's just a way of life. You know, we have a, a we have an old haunted jail in the downtown historic district. The Bulldogs Tours does an amazing job of a, an old haunted jail tour. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that. You know, anytime you have history, you know, hauntedness kind of wraps itself into history. And it's, yeah. it's something that people <laughs> people love when they're here. Yeah. Well, for me, with it being summer, it's not a summer vacation without the beach, right? So Charleston has the beaches. There are five distinct beach communities in the area. Folly Beach, Kiwa Island, Isle of Palm, Sullivan's Island, and Seabrook Island. 
Yeah. Can you talk about each community and and maybe the different personalities of each, and you know, just the cover the general where to stay, what to do, and most importantly, you know, for me, where to eat. Yeah, <laughs> and Charleston does have a lot of places to eat. So, and we, I really do appreciate you bringing up the beaches because I think when when people think of Charleston, they think of our downtown historic district, the the walkability of it, and which is very much the hub of activity, the heartbeat of the Charleston area. Right. It's something we've really tried to uh, highlight the last few years is we have five beautiful beaches between 20 to 45 minutes from the downtown historic district. So it's kind of two different vacations. You do have this great downtown historic district that has an old world European feel, but then you have these five beautiful beaches that are, you know, very close. So kind of a city and sea. We'll kind of start from the north and work our way down south. The Palms is the furthest north. Isle of Palms, it has a wonderful resort on there called Wild Dunes Golf Resort. It has some amazing home sites for rent, amazing villas for rent. It is oceanfront. They have some great culinary options on the resort. They have a world-class tennis center, two golf courses, a spa, one hotel, and they're actually building another one right now. So it's really a great option for right now with what's going on with COVID for social distancing. Right. Socially distance on the beach. And you can also socially distance in a villa or a house. You know, so we're seeing a, a big surge and people looking to do villas or houses because of the social distancing aspect. You know, you can you have a kitchen, you have multiple bedrooms, you have a living area. So it's not like a hotel where you're passing a lot of people at one time. You know, and our hotels right now are doing an amazing job of, of COVID-19 specialization of sanitizing and extra measures. So I don't want you to think that I am taking away from those. Right. The Isle of Palms is very family friendly. They do have a little cluster there of bars and restaurants, a few other smaller hotels right there, too. Very much a family oriented beach. If you have clients that are looking for something a little more quiet, a little more family oriented, maybe a little more upper scale, then that's going to be a great option. Okay. Slightly to the south of that, really connected, is, is Sullivan's Island. And unfortunately, Sullivan's Island does not have any any hotels. They do have a lot of rental houses. So good, great for great for families, great for social distancing. Isle of Palms and Sullivan's Island, I think, are, are very similar. And Sullivan's Island also has a great collection of bars and restaurants where you can actually just park your car and walk to all of them, and you can walk to the beach. Mm. Uh, really laid-back culinary uh, fair, you know, there's a great burger joint. There's a great Italian restaurant. There's a, an ice cream shop. And all of them double as kind of, uh, you know, bars and, and places to go hang out and have a drink and things like that. So a great option, again, for, you know, a little bit more quieter beach, a little bit more upper scale. And one thing I didn't talk about with our beaches is they're all hard, compact sand. Right. So there's a lot, also a lot of room from when you walk onto the beach to when the water starts. So you can do so many things on our beaches here. You can run. You can play. You can walk. You can lounge, you can play in the water. We get in the water about mid-May to mid-October. Mm. Right now, it's a little over 80 degrees, the water is. Oh, perfect. So really, it's, it's not rocky at all. You can ride a bike. So there's just so many things to do there. Slightly to the south of Sullivan's Island is Folly Beach, and that's going to be to the south of the downtown historic district. That's going to be about 25 minutes from the downtown area. And that's wildly different than Sullivan's Island and Isle of Palms. Really more of a younger crowd. I think it's kind of quirky, kind of eclectic. There's a there's a large community there of bars and restaurants and and, and shopping and, and you know local goods. A lot of surfing. They do have one hotel that is on the beach, so that's a good option. But they also have a lot of rental houses too. 
Okay. So if you're looking for something a little more vibrant, maybe a little bit younger crowd, that's really going to be a great area. And that's the same distance from the downtown historic district with Sullivan's Island and Isle of Palms. Okay. Now to the south of that is Kiwa Island. That's going to be about 45 minutes from the downtown historic district. And they have an amazing, amazing golf, golf resort there called Kiwa Island Golf Resort. Has five beautiful golf courses, one that's hosted several major championships, has four of the great golf courses, world-class tennis center, has a 255-room hotel right on the beach, very, very luxury-oriented. But they also have a, a lot of houses and villas on their rental program, too. They have about 80 houses and 400 villas just on their personal rental program, not to mention other rental programs around Charleston that offer stuff out there. Right. 10 miles of bike path. I think it's a, it's a great option for a romantic getaway, solo getaway, a, uh, a family getaway, just a lot to do right there, you know, for any kind of vacation you have. And then Sullivan's Island is going to be pretty much uh, right, right there at Key Island Golf Resort, about five minutes away. Again, about 45 minutes from the downtown historic district. And um, that is uh, another resort community. It has villas and houses for rent. They do not have a hotel, but they do have a great tennis center, two great golf courses, Kind of like Kiowa, very quiet, and another great option if you're looking to be on a resort, kind of away from everything, a little bit more quiet, get that social distancing in a house or a villa. Right. Well, I know I personally spent about a month on Folly Beach at the Holiday Inn there. There was uh, Country Music Television. We were there for the Coastal Carolina Fair, and uh, I kept my door open at night, turned the AC off, which normally the first thing I do when I get in the hotel is see how low the air conditioner will go, but I... <laughs> I had it off. I had the door open and the waves, you know, crashing against the shore. That put me to sleep every night. That was definitely a uh, yeah. a cool place to stay. I did uh, also uh, color my hair blonde because I was at the beach for a month. And I, uh, well, you know, when in Rome, you yeah, know, you, I you guess. <laughs> I think I found all the pictures of that and and burned them. So it's it's something about Folly Beach. I got a younger crowd, yes. more yes. dick, and it's, it's a very vibrant community. Absolutely. Well, like you mentioned the downtown area. I mean, we know it's a beautiful place. What are some of the must-see places to that you got to see? And where are the places that you just have to eat at when you're in the downtown area? Oh, wow. That's uh, <laughs> a loaded question. Right? This is going to be a long podcast if you, yeah. if you want me to talk about all the places you got to eat. You know, um, you know Charleston is, is such a, a culinary experience. You know, I, I think that so many people are just traveling for food right now. Yeah. But I think that the amount of people that, choose their vacation destination because of, you know, a big component of what they choose is because of restaurants is amazing right now. I know when I travel, one of the first things I do is, is say, Hey, where, where, where is there to eat? Right. Where do I need? It's just such a big part of traveling. And I don't think that you're going to find another city the size of Charleston that's going to offer the amazing food that we have. And it's not, it's not all just one type of food. I think a lot of places you go, they, there's one specialization in food and, you know, in Charleston, I think you could you could probably say, oh, well, you know, the seafood's probably great or the, the low country, you know, fare is probably great. But we have so, so many great, great places, not only different kinds of food, but different styles of restaurants, too. You know, we have great white tablecloth fine dining and everybody loves to do that. But you don't want to do that for every meal. Right. You know, we, we've had a huge influx of laid back casual restaurants here in the last five or six years that no reservations required. And some of them don't even take reservations mm. places where you can take the kids or you can take your spouse or you can take your friends. You can walk out, sign your check and not feel like you signed over half your bank account. 
That's good. And That's I, a good thing. All that, all, all that is, is very important. You know, I think Leon's Chicken and Oysters is an amazing restaurant that opened up several years ago here in Charleston. It's in an old auto parts store. You know, not a big menu, but really kind of feels like neighborhood dining when you go in there. Mm-hmm. There's another restaurant a few doors down called uh, Little Jack's Tavern that seems feels like a, a, a local tavern that says serves great burgers. You know, if you're looking for maybe a little higher end option, Hall's Chop House on King Street does an amazing job. As you can imagine, it is very uh, steak heavy, but they do some great seafood there too. The service is impeccable. Charleston Grill, located in Belmont Charleston Place Hotel, has been a mainstay in Charleston for longer than I can count. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't think about eating in a hotel when they're here in Charleston. But if you're looking for a white tablecloth fine dining experience, then you're not going to get anything better than Charleston Grill. You know, there, there's a lot of other great seafood places, which I think a lot of people think of when they're in Charleston. Hank's Seafood is, is absolutely amazing. The Ordinary, which is in an old bank building, is an amazing seafood restaurant. Mm. Really, really just a special experience. And their sister restaurant, Fig, I think is one of the most coveted reservations in all the Charleston area. And that is a menu that changes almost daily. Hmm. You know, it's not just one type of fare on the menu, but it really gives you a great feel of, of what Charleston has to offer from a lot of different aspects. And the, the chef and the restaurant are all James Beard Award winners. So, you know, I, I can keep going on and on and on. But just, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. when you're in Charleston, it's not just one type of fare and it's not just one ambiance to the restaurant, the restaurants that you're going to get. It's a whole gambit of, of different experiences. Well, and that brings up, and we, we've talked a little bit about COVID-19 and how the area is handling that. Are most restaurants and attractions open for business right now? Yeah, so South Carolina, we think our, our lawmakers here and have done an amazing job of, of putting their best foot forward through all this. You know, I think that I heard a, a great thing when, when this, the onset of, of this a few months ago that we're building a plane while we're flying. Yeah. And so, you know, I think to a certain extent, we've all been kind of flying blind and just trying to figure out as we go. And I, I think that our lawmakers here have, have, have put us in a very good position to succeed mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. making sure our businesses can succeed to the best of their ability while keeping everybody safe at the same time. Right. Our restaurants are open at 50% capacity right now, and they're also offering outdoor seating. So a lot of restaurants that previously did not have outdoor seating still are, are now offering outdoor seating. All of our retail space is open right now. I think right now it is limited capacity in retail. But everything is eligible to be open in, in that arena. All of our tours and attractions are open, are, are eligible to be open, and all of our hotels are eligible to be open too. You know, I think that we've had just a few hotels that, that either open today or tomorrow, but everybody else has been open. And really, everything you could do pre-COVID, you can do now. So, you know, like I said, I think we've done a, a really good job of, of making sure that of balancing the fact that people need to be safe, but businesses also need to be open. And I think we're well ahead of a lot of other states and what we're able to offer and, and things that are open. And I, I point to what a lot of travel advisors ask me is, you know, why Charleston right now? And I said, well, Charleston's not a very densely populated area. Right. We don't have near as many travelers right now as we normally do because of COVID. So you're, you're, you're going to be able to distance even more because of that. And we have our beaches. And, you know, you can do a lot of social distancing on our beaches and our waterways. We, we have, you know, amazing waterways here in Charleston where you can fish, you can boat, you can paddleboard, you can, you know, you can dolphin watch. There's just so many things to do outdoors. It really is a city that, that is appreciated at its best from, in, from the outdoors. So what's some local information that visitors need to know about visiting Charleston? 
you know, right now we're, we're you know, like I said, we're, our businesses are doing a great job of balancing being open and keeping everybody safe. You know, I think that every a lot of people want to get out right now, especially in the leisure market. But there's two main concerns. One is safety, mm. and what is what, what. The second one is what's open. Right. So back to what we were saying. There's, there's, you know, we are doing a great job of making sure that our visitors and our people that live here are safe. But there's also a lot of things for people to do. Two of the things that I, I love to tell travel advisors to tell their clients to do. One I talked to earlier is go south of Broad Street, and just get lost. Just lose yourself in that ambiance and that architecture and and everything that it has to offer because you're not going to find that anywhere else in America. It really is kind of an old world European feel, especially in the way we preserve the, the houses and things like that. And there's there's a neighborhood in Mount Pleasant called the Old Village right on the water that has some beautiful old houses. And I tell travel advisors, if you can get your clients to bike through there, mm. it's absolutely beautiful. Again, a lot, very large overhanging live oak trees. You know, I keep going to the word ambiance, and it's just it's amazing in that area. But there's also a bridge in that area area of town in the old village called the Pitt Street Bridge. And it stretches out, and you can see it's an old bridge. It's not used anymore. People walk on it. They do yoga. They, they go swimming in the water right there, and they fish there. And it's probably a, a 10 or 15-minute walk out, 10 or 15-minute walk back. But you can see so many different parts of Charleston because because of our waterways, it's so segmented. You can see the downtown historic district. You can see Isle of Palms. You can see Sullivan's Island. So it just gives you a unique perspective. And I mentioned those two things to do in Charleston because it's not something that visitors usually do. It's not something you read about on the Internet. It's not something you can buy a ticket for. Right. And it's free, and you can do it anytime you want to do it. I think that biking is a great thing to do in the downtown historic district. Just bike through the area, walk through the area. But I think that people should always experience Charleston from the water as well. Go out, go out into Charleston Harbor, kind of like I was saying, and from the Pitt Street Bridge, and it just gives you a unique perspective of the city and the different areas of our, of our area. Right. Yeah. There's no place like Charleston. So, well, we appreciate your time, Mike. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you very much for having me. And um, if anybody ever needs any help with anything or questions or what have you for the Charleston area, please let me know. We will send them your way. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll be right back to wrap things up right after a word from our sponsor, The Language Tutor. Hi, friends. Danny Evans here, and I want to tell you about The Language Tutor, your one-stop YouTube channel for learning languages. You ever wanted to learn Spanish or French or know someone that wants to learn English? Well, you can find great lessons for language learning on our channel, The Language Tutor. Just simply go to YouTube and type in The Language Tutor, and you'll find our channel there. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and click that notification bell so that you'll never miss any of our great lessons that come in every single week. I hope to see you on The Language Tutor. You know, folks, there's so much to like about a visit to Charleston. The city has a thriving art scene. Good place to start investigating that is the College of Charleston's Haley Institute of Art, and that's on Calhoun Street. Upper King Street is one example of some unique shopping in town. The beach life is there as well, and I can say, having spent a month on Folly Beach myself, I'll vouch for the good beaches. And if golf is your thing, Kiowa Island is one of the country's top golf resorts. And you know, I can attest to this personally, just walking around Charleston is definitely worth your time. The Spanish Moss lined streets are worth a simple watch or even a carriage ride. And also the city offers some of the Low Country's best eats. 
Well, sign me up. I'm ready to go back. If you're ready to go back, if you're ready to make a first visit to Charleston, drop me a line at rjones at starstufftravel.com and let me help you plan your next vacation. Now is a perfect time to plan. Well, that's all for this week. Come back next week as we cover Stephen C. Foster State Park. That's in South Georgia. Danny just got back from a trip there, and I can't wait for y'all to hear about it. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Family Vacationer. Make sure and subscribe to hear more of Rob and Danny.